Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Body in the Bog. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. In the northwest of England, there is a bog known as the Lindau Moss that stretches 1,500 acres across the country of Cheshire. Admittedly, I wasn't exactly sure what a bog was, but now, thankfully, I know. A bog is a kind of dense swamp, a large area of wetland that's made of soft, spongy ground. This particular bog is comprised of 11,000-year-old decaying plant matter called petone, or peat for short. Know what else is found in bogs aside from dead plants? Dead people. And the mystery of one human remains, or three, depending on who you ask, is what we're talking about today, the famous case of the Lindau Bog Woman. Peat is a booming industry in the county of Cheshire, one that's been around since the 15th and 16th centuries. Workers cut and dry peat from the bog to sell as fuel for stoves and soil for crops. Workers used to excavate peat in blocks by hand and then laid them in stacked rows, turning them repeatedly over a two-year period before they were dry enough to be ready for sale. The Industrial Revolution changed how the peat market worked, and in the 1980s, everything completely changed. To this day, peat is scooped up by mechanical diggers placed in stacks where it's left to dry. Then the peat is sent to a processing mill and put on a conveyor belt where it's checked for chunks of bark and branches large enough to jam the machinery. If it's looking good, the peat is ground up into a compost and sold commercially, mostly to mushroom growers in the British countryside. Quaint, right? Well, on May 13th, 1983, two peat processors at Peatworks Incorporated named Andy Mould and Stephen Dooley were standing by their mill's conveyor belts, doing their job, which is mostly watching peat go by on the conveyor belts and looking out for anything strange. And they did their job well because Mould spotted a strange lump on the belt, a lump that reminded him of a small black leather soccer ball. Mould alerted Dooley and both joked about maybe it was a dinosaur egg. They pulled the lump off the belt and took it to the supervisor, a man named Ken Harewood. The three men washed the soccer ball off, and in the process of hosing down a strange lump of peat, they found that it wasn't peat at all, but a human skull, and not just a dry skull, completely decomposed. No, this skull seemed fresh. Missing its jaw, the skull still had some soft tissue, skin, some hair, some brain matter inside, and one eyeball that stared past the three men as they processed what they had just discovered. Mould, Dooley, and Harewood called the police, as one might. Quick to arrive to the scene, the police were excited. They believed this skull to be 30 to 50 years old and the missing piece of the 20-year-old local disappearance and murder case of Malika D. Fernandez. The police, and really everyone familiar with the case, which is the whole 
town of Cheshire, already knew for years who they thought had murdered Fernandez. Her estranged husband, 57-year-old Peter Renbart. Renbart had been under police surveillance for many years, but had never been arrested as there was no body. Renbart also conveniently lived about 300 yards from the bog where the skull had been found. The police had dug over Renbart's garden years ago, to no avail. But now that this skull was turned over to the authorities, the police thought they had a simple and powerful case. Now, Renbart was not a good guy to begin with. In 1983, the man was living locally, having been recently released from prison, serving time for a series of sex crimes against children. Confronted with news of the discovery in the bog, he quickly confessed to the murder. Quote, It has been so long, I thought I would never be found out, he said. A complete murder confession quickly followed. But let's rewind back to 1959. Back then, Renbart was a young airline employee who met a portrait artist named Malika Maria de Fernandez on a flight. Their romance had some serious shades of Pam and Tommy, we'll say. Just hours after the two met on a plane, Renbart proposed, and then four days later, the two were married. Unlike Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, however, Fernandez and Renbart's romance lasted just a few months. Coming back down to earth, sometimes literally, as travel sparked the couple's romance, the two separated. Fernandez was contented traveling around, taking glorious and full advantage of her estranged husband's discount airfare, while Renbart settled into a quiet cottage life in Cheshire with a new lover, a man. Sometime in 1960 or 1961, Fernandez visited Renbart at his college and demanded money, threatening to expose his sexuality if he didn't pay. As a note, homosexuality remained a criminal act in England until 1967, so this was a pretty serious threat. Renbart didn't have any money for her, and the two fought. Quote, something just boiled over inside of me, Renbart stated in his confession. Later, he told the court that he had grabbed her and began shaking her and didn't realize he had killed her until he stopped. Quote, I was terrified and could not think clearly. The only thing that came to mind was to hide her. Renbart said that he dismembered Fernandez's body with an axe before attempting to burn it. When burning didn't work, Renbart took the body parts to the nearby bog, scattering them throughout. To the policeman in charge, Detective Inspector George Abbott, the whole case seemed pretty clearly solved. The skull was of a woman around the same age as Fernandez, and Renbart had confessed. Easy, right? But one issue was yet unsolved. Despite careful searching, the rest of Fernandez's remains were not in the bog. Frustrated and hoping to get more information, Abbott sent the skull to Oxford University for further inspection. Peter Renbart's trial was conducted at the Chester Crown Court in December of 1983. Renbart's lawyers were hoping his charge of murder would be downgraded to manslaughter, but they weren't holding their breath. Of course, in a spectacular turnaround that's really very cinematic, Oxford University's archaeology department sent urgent word back to George Abbott right in the middle of Renbart's trial. The professor who inspected the skull from Oxford immediately came down to Cheshire to be questioned at the trial, testifying that the skull could not possibly belong to Fernandez. The court was shocked. Radiocarbon dating showed the remains were not 30 to 50 years old, but more like 17 centuries old, dating back all the way to ancient Britain. Everyone was pretty confused at that information, especially Renbart, who had just confessed to his wife's violent murder. Despite the skull drama, Renbart was found guilty and convicted by a jury count of 11 to 1. He spent the rest of his life in prison. And now it's like, that's where the story ends, right? You would think, but lots of crazy shit can come out of an ancient British swamp. Before we get back to the bog, let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now 
All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. We're checking in. This is us checking in on you. How how art thee? Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm a fancy man now. Interesting. Yeah, very regal. Yeah. If you could answer in old English, we would appreciate it. As long as it's, we're great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's that... I have more money for you. Yeah, that's that. That's all we want to hear. No, I have just, more money for thee. We no? just want to know that you're hanging in there. Yeah, we're hanging in there. We are. We're here. It's hot as hell. That's my update. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> I mean, if it's hot, that's enough, right? That's like we don't need to hear anymore. Mm. You know what's hot? Mm. <laughs> I don't want to be so too. I don't want to be too punk rock. But the government. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow, it's getting so political so fast. We want to thank anyone who's listening, anyone who supports the show, mm-hmm, shares mm-hmm. it, thank spreads you. the good word. Thank thee. And our rock and roll government. <laughs> yeah. On guitar. <laughs> Ashley Matson. Hello. On guitar. David Bull. This is a prog rock band. Oh, should I go like... Nope. Nope. Okay. On the drums. Dar Rosenzweig. Hello. Thumping on the bass. Oh, Yeah. Cat Joselle. Hello. And playing the triangle, James Harrington? Hey, hey, nice job. Simple. You mastered it. And on vocals? Mm. Our rock and roll governor. Uh, lead vocals, baby. Lead vocals, center stage. In a coming down on some uh, very expensive oh, pyrotechnics. Yeah. Oh the, who cares how dangerous it is? a leather jacket that fits you well. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, mm. Having a having a cool leather jacket, hair, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Avian Noble. If you want early access, bonus episodes, we will have a new one out soon. Mm-hmm. No chit chat, no ads. Get out of here. Cut no, shit. Co- no corporate sponsorships for you, rock and <laughs> no. roller, or non corporate. Yeah, non corporate. Really, Some of them are pretty chill. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Got a, a few quickie. Apple Podcast Reviews? Can't wait. Sure, they're all bad. Thank you for asking. <laughs> now I'm going to start off with a goodie. <laughs> Wonderful. I love this stuff. Five stars from We288. Okay. 88. Yeah, hey, listen. Not bad. 32-year-old? 1888, they were born. There's a ghost. <laughs> Shit, okay. Speaking cool. Of, cool ghost. Speaking of ghosts or lack of ghosts, I tried. One star. Hmm. 
I really tried to like this. I listened to a few episodes, and I'm still confused to why it's called Ghost Town when there aren't many actual ghost stories. Fair. Fair. You know, we ran out of ghosts a couple years ago. (laughs) I think the thing is, and we could sprinkle some more. We are going to sprinkle some more ghost stuff And we do. We We do, do, to be fair. We put out a lot of episodes Mm -hmm. over a long period of time, and in our opinion, not every ghost story is interesting or worth telling and there aren't really that many there's big ones yeah which we've caught co- we've covered we've hit uh, a lot to be of fair. <laughs> but and you know the thing is with ghost stories there's not a lot not a lot of current ones mm-hmm. uh, i mean unless you watch a reality show that involves ghost hunting yeah but as far as stories that are out there mm-hmm. a lot less maybe it's because of the modern recording equipment or the way to capture it i don't know what the case is i'm yeah. sure they're out there if you got one Mm-hmm. Tell us, we'll use it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll use Please. it for fodder. We, you know, we don't want to do a lot of work, so suggest things to us, and we'll cover them. It's easy. Oh boy, that leads us into the next one. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The girl on this podcast <laughs> needs to go. One star <laughs> from user apps. Tried, Not even- tried <laughs> listening to Killdozer and had to exit. The girl is annoying, and she interrupts when the man. Is getting ready to say something important and makes everything about her. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Except for the part about me being a man. Because I was like, who's this man on the podcast and <laughs> where are you right. hiding him? What's a killdozer? Granted, this was sent from 1950. Which is great. Yes, it traveled through past. space and time to get us this very important message that I should go jump off a bridge. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, don't you can't just leave the podcast. No, that's not enough. Because you might you might She's do this got somewhere to else. Go. But I don't think people realize, especially in the last, I don't know, maybe like at least a year and a half, I would say, because I edit all these and you know, we all know what we do, is that <laughs> probably as far as like time speaking, it's probably sixty five percent you, thirty five me. And it's only because you like to do the research. <laughs> I have a very narrow skill set, you guys you, should all know. Like for some reason I don't love contribute researching. I <laughs> hate i like looking things up like in in the way we like to look things up but Mm. i don't like taking it i don't like organizing it and i don't like that but you that's your thing well it's also the only thing that i bring to the table so well that's the thing that is makes the thing without that there's no thing i mean it's it's still it's yeah it's very interesting if he doesn't like me in the killdozer maybe don't keep on listening (laughs) no 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 no. there's gonna be and 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 also in fairness i if you may may or not notice you probably don't care but the way I deliver mine is more conversational because mm-hmm. that's how I absorb the information and that's how I like to discuss it. And that's just me personally. So it, it is for you to – I mean it's made for – it's actually asking you to please <laughs> interrupt mm-hmm. uh, what I'm saying or react to what I'm saying. But it's – when there's like 400 episodes, listen to one. Let that judge the whole thing. <laughs> no. Also, I remember that as being one of my favorite episodes when I – when I look back on our wide hundreds of episodes, it's a very fun one. So again, if, if you didn't like that and you don't like me, should I apologize to this white man from 1950? No. No. You know what you should do? What? You should just interrupt me and continue with the story. I'll do it right now. Okay. It's bog time. Okay. So a recap. A skull was found. A murder arrested. Dramatic courtroom scene showing that the skull was actually not the victims, but someone almost 2,000 years old. But the murderer's confession stands and the murderer is convicted. Done and done. Everything goes back to normal. Andy Mould and Stephen Dooley are still working there. 
peat mossing away, no big deal. But on August 1st, 1984, Andy Mould is standing again in front of the peat moss drying conveyor belt and sees something strange. He takes a piece of what he thinks is bog wood off of the conveyor belt. Quote, we gave it a little clean, then we saw the toenails, Mould said in a 2008 interview with Manchester Museum. You heard that right. He saw toenails. And again, the police were brought in to investigate. Quote, they shut the firm down straight away, said Mould, and sent loads of officers to the site. Was this a missing piece of the Malika de Fernandez murder or someone else? Nobody was making assumptions, but everyone was interested. That same day, the county archaeologist for Cheshire received a tip-off from the local paper about the bog toes. The result of the tip would link his name, Rick Turner, to one of the most famous archaeological finds in British history, the Lindau Man. The head and foot began being known as Lindau 1 and Lindau 2. Skull, Lindau 1. Foot, Lindau 2. Another body part was recovered in the area in 1987, a headless torso with a hand and a strange vestigial thumb on the hand, which authorities called Lindau 3. At that point, scientists entertained the idea that Lindau 3 was the body of the Lindau woman, also known as Lindau 1. Others thought that the body parts that kept popping up in the sleepy bog were all parts of a ring of ritual sacrifices by Celtic sects that were known to live in the area. Most people thought this theory was completely bogus and ridiculous, but we'll get back to that later. Either way, all the Lindau bodies and parts are examples of a hundreds of years old phenomenon called bog bodies. This is as pretty straightforward as it sounds. Human remains showing up in the very old peat bogs of Denmark, the Netherlands, Ireland, the United Kingdom, northern Germany, and occasionally North America. These bodies are incredibly well-preserved, more so than even, according to sciencehistory.org, the painstakingly prepared mummies of ancient Egypt. The first recorded bog body was found in 1640 at Fen in Germany, and many are found on the aforementioned hotspots all of the time. But why do these bodies remain so fresh, seemingly so almost alive? It's kind of counterintuitive, and due to the very specific moisture and temperature levels. If a body is deposited in a moss bog that stays wet all year, with a temperature lower than 39 degrees Fahrenheit and an average annual temperature lower than 50 degrees Fahrenheit, it'll preserve very well. The colder the bog, generally, the better the preservation. It does this because these types of mosses at cold temperatures change the chemistry of the water around them, making them highly acidic. As the mosses die, they build up acid layers at the bottom of the bog. The decaying mosses then release sugars and diffuse the acid layers into the water, which consume oxygen as they break down. With the surface blocked by the live moss, the water loses even more oxygen. A little science for you, which translates essentially into this. With cold, oxygenless, and highly acidic conditions, humans won't decay, but tan and preserve, a lot like leather. Skin turns brown, hair turns red, and objects in or around the body dissolve away, as does most clothing. But let's get back to Pete Works in 1984, where the Lindau Man, or Lindau 2, was found by Rick Turner. Turner decided to cut a block of peat nine feet by six feet long to find more body parts. What he found for certain was that the Lindau Man was a man, in his late 20s, about five foot six inches tall. He didn't show signs of hard labor, and his nails were manicured and hair and mustache neatly trimmed. He was likely dumped face first into the bog after his death, roughly between 2 BCE and 119 CE. His body showed evidence of multiple injuries, including a couple blows to his head with a V-shaped tool, maybe an axe, which drove a sliver of skull into his brain. A hard blow across his back with something blunt broke his neck and at least one rib. He was also strangled and his throat was cut from ear to ear. He also may have been stabbed. Not a great end overall. This excessively violent death raises a lot of questions, namely what happened to him before, during, and after death. 
All of these questions point, historically and physiologically, to a ritualistic murder. Many identify the Lindau man's injuries as being, quote, triple killed, which means just very, very violently murdered, with any one of the three primary injuries leading to death. Many of the bog bodies found in Europe also show this pattern of triplicate injuries in the pattern of Celtic ritual sacrifice within these specific areas. Another thing that contributes to the ritualistic sacrifice theory was what was in the Lindau man's stomach. The contents of the bodies show he was killed in late winter or early spring around the ancient Celtic festival of Beltane, which was usually held on May 1st. We talked about that in an earlier episode a little bit, if you want a little bit more background on this spooky Halloween spring festival. One ritual around Beltane includes a special bread, baked and cut up, with one piece deliberately burned. The slices of bread were torn into fragments and placed in a sack. After, all candidates for sacrifice would withdraw a piece, with the one withdrawing the burnt piece being the one that would be sacrificed. The char and bran found in the Lindau man's stomach might support this theory. Historians argue that the Lindau man was likely a high-ranking druid, who was sacrificed in a last-ditch effort to call upon the aid of three Celtic gods to stop a Roman offensive against the Celts in AD 60. Another theory that points to ritual sacrifice around the Lindau man is that many bog bodies have deformities. Lindau three, that one with the vestigial thumb, for example, the spine of the Yid girl, also found in 1987 near the village of Yid in the Netherlands, was curved with scoliosis. Although not obviously deformed, it is possible that the Lindau man or woman was chosen as some form of ritual scapegoat used to absolve collective guilt or fear. According to Anne Ross, a scholar of Celtic history, and Don Robbins, a chemist at the University of London, whatever happened to the Lindau man or woman, they were likely victims of extraordinary importance. And the rest of the bog bodies, their own mysteries, lost in the dark, wet, acidic bogs all over the world. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.